The Network Live. News, insights, and stories right here on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com every Sunday morning at 10 a.m. Don't miss this opportunity to hear world news, insights, and stories from guests around the world. The Network Live is your pathway to connecting people and ministries. Family and relationships can be a challenge, and we have some answers for you right here on 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. Join me, Debbie Rule, every Sunday from 6 to 7 p.m. for At Home with Debbie Rule. And this week on the program, we'll be playing a tribute to moms. I look forward to being with you this week on At Home with Debbie Rule this Sunday at 6 o'clock right here on KNEL 95.3 FM and KNELradio.com. I'll see you then. Good morning and welcome to the Network Live. I'm your host, Debbie Rule. Today we'll be hearing a special message for mothers from Lisa Bevere. Happy Mother's Day from everyone here at the Network Live. But you do need to train your children. Train your children. Most moms don't train them. They serve them. They do everything for their children. They, you know, I, I have to be honest with you. I, about, you know, I would have some afternoons where I would go crazy. I would do all the laundry. I would fold it. I would put it on their beds. Then I would come in maybe two days later and the laundry was shoved under the bed. It was buried under dirty clothes in the hamper. I, I was like, why children, why? It was put in the dressers with dirty socks and clean socks and then I, I, would, I would have a meltdown. I would dump all the drawers, there would be a pile. My children would come into the rooms, they'd be like, oh no. She came into our room again while we were gone at school. And then one day I realized, hey, wait a minute. My children don't like me doing their laundry. They're 11 years of age. I'm going to introduce them to the washer. And so I came to my boys and I said, listen, I just figured this out. You don't like me doing your laundry. I need you to meet your friends. Mr. Washer and Mr. Dryer. If you want to smell good at school, if you want to have clean clothes, you are going to go ahead and do your own laundry. I'm sorry, I'm sorry kids, I know you're getting mad at me right now. You're like, please don't, please don't tell my mom that I can do your own laundry. You can't. Your mom is not your maid. Your mom is your mom. Your mom is your mom. Okay. All right. Proverbs 14.1 says, Wise women build their houses. Well, what do wise men do? Wise men build their women. Because they understand if you build the women, then the women will build the house. And this is actually a house that believes in building women. Because it says, hey, listen, we're going to build our women, and then our women are going to build the house. But we don't build the house in our own strength. We build the house with God's strength. You know, I showed you the picture of my family and you may say, oh, what a beautiful family. Okay, I have to be honest with you. I came from crazy people. My family was doing dysfunctional long before the Kardashians figured out how to make money off of it. My grandmother was a pioneer. She was married four times. Four times. She believed in upgrading her husband's married, divorced, remarried, divorced. Div I mean, she was 
crazy woman, crazy, crazy. And she's in heaven saying, that's right, that is exactly who I was. I also had a family that were multimillionaires. My grandfather, this is bad, I know it's bad, was one of the Manhattan projects. He was one of the guys that developed the atom bomb. So we have crazy people in the background. And you know, here's the thing. It isn't about the family you are from. It is about the family that you have a chance to build. And every single day, you can say, it's not about my natural legacy. It is about my Holy Spirit inheritance. And I am going to build my house according to the word of God. You know, when, when John asked me to marry him, you know, all I had going for me, to be honest with you, was a suntan and a six pack. Not of beer, not of beer. I actually used to be buff. I've birthed four children now, it looks very different. But I had like a six pack and John was like, whoa. Well, I bet she's godly. I bet she'll be good with finances. I bet she'll be a great mom. I'm like, okay, I am none of those things. But before he finds out that I am none of those things, I'm going to get in the word of God and I'm going to figure out how to be all of those things. See, mamas, I don't know what your background is. It doesn't matter. You are not limited to what you have known or what you have seen or even what you have been. God has an unlimited legacy and inheritance for you. It talks about in the book of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 13, 4, it says to be loved and to be patient. I'm just going to tell you, mamas are the hardest on themselves. Oh, they're loving, they're patient, they're kind with their children. But every single night, mamas go to bed with a list. I remember because I had a list. I had the list of the things I didn't get done that day. I had the list of the things I said harsh that day. I had the list of the child I probably shouldn't have spanked, or the child I needed to spank, all the different things. I had this list, and every single night I went to bed overwhelmed. And then every single day I got up overwhelmed. You can't do that. You can't do that because God's mercy and his grace is new every morning. And it's not just for the kids, it is for the mamas. And so mamas, I need you to hear me. You actually have what you need to be the mother that God has called you to be. No other woman would have done it better than you. God actually entrusted those children to you. You say, well, I adopted. He still entrusted that child. You were handpicked to always be that, that child's mother. God has something in you and on you, but you can't get it from this world. You've got to get it from God. So recently I did a whole series called Moms of Men because my boys are now 22 to 30. And we did some conversations and our boys were kind of looking back at what it looked like growing up with a crazy mom and, uh, and a godly dad. And they said that, you know, we always remember dad reading his Bible. That, you know, whenever John was home, he was reading his Bible. He was thinking of messages. And they said, but this is how we remember you, mom. We remember you on the floor with worship music. They said, we remember you all the time on your knees, crying and singing out loud. We don't know what you were doing. See, I was trying to be a message and I was saying, oh God, please let me not beat my children. Oh God, I wanna be a good mom. Oh God, let me be slow to speak, quick to listen, slow to wrath. They said, we had no idea. We just thought you were like a wannabe worship leader. No, 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 no. I was
was cultivating an environment so that what was on my life would come out the best way possible. And mamas, you are anointed to cultivate environments in your home. We have a saying in the United States, it probably is also in South Africa, but it says, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. You can set that environment where it's going to either be happy or it's going to be nobody is happy. And so if mama can get what she needs from God, then you can have what you need for other people. You can't just give and give and give and give without giving yourself an opportunity to get what you need from God. You know, um, I don't know why when I was first married, I thought certain things were important. I thought it was important to trifold my children's underwear. I thought it was important to get down on my hands and knees and bleach the grout with a toothbrush. Certain things I thought were important. So every night when I put my kids to bed, I would pray over them. And I remember one of my sons feeling the need to start praying over me. Because I would, you know, I would, you know, I finally just said, we're going to put three fingers up. And when the three fingers are down, fist pump, you've been prayed for. I will not pray for you again. So they said, why don't you put your three fingers up? So I said, okay, I, I, mommy's going to do it. And my son prayed for me. He said, let mommy be fresh in the morning. Let her be fresh in the morning. Let her be fresh in the morning. Because I was never fresh in the morning. And my children didn't understand that because I said to them, after you go to bed, mommies do things for hours and hours while nobody is looking. And I remember my son was like, why mommy? Why? Why can't you just go to bed? I don't know. I don't know why I can't just rest. But I remember being pregnant with my fourth son down on that floor, bleaching the grout, not attractive, large pregnant woman, bleaching grout. And I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, when you get to heaven, I am not going to reward you because you always bleached your own grout. When you get to heaven, I'm going to ask you what you did with the gift of God on your life. You don't want to just survive your family. I'm giving you permission to enjoy them. I want you to enjoy your husband. I want you to enjoy your children. I'm 57 next month, which means I, yeah, praise the Lord. Okay, so which means I get to look back at pictures of that 33, 34, 35-year-old me, and I think, what would I, what would I say to this girl? What would I say to her? First of all, I would tell her, that she needed to stop investing in relationships where people didn't even really want to be her friends. I would also tell her, enjoy your children. Laugh with them. Play with them. Now, I hope this doesn't upset anybody. I would also tell that 34-year-old woman with that 34-year-old body, have more sex with your husband. That's the best body you're ever going to have. Oh, come on, you remember. You remember that you couldn't, you couldn't stop having, you wanted to have sex before you got married, and then after you get married, you start being a mom, you forget. No, you like sex. You just have forgotten that. And guys, guys, you need to remind them that they like sex. You need to remind them, not demand it, remind them. My husband used to do silly things to try to remind me. He'd be standing in the bathroom, or be brushing our teeth, 
And he'd look at himself in the mirror, and he'd flex. And he'd say, did you ever imagine that you would get this? Did you ever imagine that your husband in his 50s would look like this? And I was like, I, I, I never dared to dream such a thing. But then I would also say, you know, those muscles that you're flexing right now, where were they when we were cleaning the kitchen? Those muscles that you're flexing right now, where were they when I needed help with the kids, with homework? If you want her to have time to have sex with you, you need to make some time in her day. You need to make her remember that she's not just a mother, that she is your lover, that she is your wife. And I want you to know that one of the most powerful things you can do in front of your kids is flirt with each other. All of the time in front of our boys, my husband and I talk up. Not, no, we don't be inappropriate. Well, they say that we are, but we, we aren't inappropriate. You know, anything is inappropriate as far as they're concerned. But, but, you know, we celebrate each other. My husband says kind things to me. I say kind things to him. And I will tell you, that's not always the case. Okay, I'm half Sicilian. You, you heard that. You know I got to be a piece of work to live with. Come on. But my husband is 60% Italian, and then he is Dutch. And I know Afrikaans have some Dutch in them, so I know you know that it's stubbornness mixed with passion. So we have a, a little unique package in John Bevere. So sometimes, I'll, sometimes that little thing in me will kind of mouth off, just kind of mouth off, and then he'll kind of shut it down. And then the boys are like, what's happening? What's happening here? And then we take ourselves into the bedroom and we come back out and we apologize. Because if we fight in front of our kids, if my husband dishonors me, if I dishonor my husband, we've learned to be quick repenters. Because when you are quick repenters, you don't model something like, we're perfect, we never fight, everybody's going to fight. Pastor Noretta said, two years of adaptation, two years of adaptation. But there's new seasons in your life. And our children said that one of the best things they ever, that we ever did was apologize to them when we dishonored each other or when we dishonored them. So let's talk about what I have done well, because we've asked our kids and they said, number one, we all love God because you spanked us and you played with us. I know that sounds like a silly thing, but we are Italians, so everything happens around the table. Every single night that I am home, we do dinner. I am a feeder. I want everybody around the table. We are going to laugh. And then when we are done eating, we clear the table and we forced our children to play games with us. They were like, this is silly. We're like, no, families need to be connected. Family that fear the Lord, they actually are families filled with joy and families filled with strength. Psalm 128 verse one says, how joyful are those who fear the Lord, all who follow his ways. You will enjoy the fruit of your labor. How joyful and prosperous you will be. Your wife, this is the moms, will be like a fruitful grapevine flourishing within your home. Can I just say, I love that Pastor Ott is like, I don't want a Christian woman 
looking exhausted and tired and burned out and worn out. I want her to flourish. I want her to look like she is loved well because that is what God wants you to look like, like you have been loved well. Your children like vigorous young olive trees as they sit around your table. That is the Lord's blessing for those who fear him. You know, I don't know if you've ever tried to do family devotions. It was a nightmare for us. John tried to like do like a series with us. We were all so uncomfortable. We didn't know where to look. We all had notebooks. I got in trouble a couple times for laughing. And so, you know, John said, you know what? This is, this is, feeling, this is feeling awkward. This is feeling awkward and, and your mother is misbehaving. He said, so we're going to be a family. Instead of doing devotions, we are going to be devoted. And we are going to make it organic that as we walk, as we sit, as we talk, everything we do, we bring God into the equation. And one of the things that we've adopted, that it's a really easy thing to do, is something called high-low. High-low. And so what we do is we go around the table and every single person at dinner says what their high was for the day and what their low was for the day. Because you know if you ask your kids, how was your day? Fine. What do you mean fine? It's fine. And then when you're putting them to bed at 11 o'clock at night, I need to have a deep, meaningful conversation with you for the next hour. I'm like, oh no, 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 I'm tired now. I ask you at four o'clock and you said, fine. And so what we do is high, low. We just get everybody to go around the table and then they can talk to each other and talk about the struggles that they have. Easy to have conversations with your family when you are intentional with it. Just be intentional. These are just simple tools of things you can do. Discipline. We trained our kids. Obedience is right away, all the way, and in a happy way. So if they were obedient with a bad attitude, I was like, come back here. Come back here. I'm going to have to deal with this. Because see, God looks not just at our outward behavior, but the heart. So I'm actually more concerned about my son's heart than I am concerned about their outward behavior. Mamas, you don't have to like, like threaten your kids. I remember John used to travel and he'd hear me on the phone. And I'd be like, I'm hanging up with your dad and I'm going to beat all of you. And he would say, you just lied to our children. You will never spank all of them like that. You have never beaten our children. Why are you threatening our, your, our boys? You're either going to have to do it or you're going to have to stop lying. So I sat down and I said, mommy's been lying. Do you know how I've been yelling? They're like, yes. I'm like, you know how I like when I'm breastfeeding a baby, I'm chasing you? They're like, yes. I'm like, you know how I slap at you? And they're like, yes. So I'm not doing that anymore. I'm going to say it one time. And then you're going to obey. And in my head, I was like, no, they're not. No, they're not. This is going to be a nightmare. And I said, but, but here's the thing. Consistency. Consistency. You can't be upset about something one day and not upset about it the other day. And if you've been inconsistent, do what I do. Say, mama's been crazy. I heard a crazier mom talk on Sunday morning. And here's what we're going to do. Right away, all the way, happy way. I'm not going to be your maid anymore. I'm going to be your mama. So I want to talk to you about what it means to actually have this next generation. See, I believe with all of my heart that this next generation is positioned to be heroes. 
I believe with all of my heart that they have something unique on them that has never been on this earth before. But I also believe with all of my heart that is why the enemy is strategically attacking them. He is distracting them. They are constantly being inundated with information, Facebook, Instagram, constantly being hit with social media, text messages. It's hard to get anybody to pay attention. Snapchat, WhatsApp, everything is constantly distracting what is on them. And if distraction isn't going to be enough, then the enemy attacks them with diminishing. He says, who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? He says it to our young people. He says it to the old people. He says it to the businessmen. He says it to the businesswomen. He says it to the body of Christ. Who do you think you are that you are going to make a difference? Well, it isn't about who I think I am. It's about whose I am. I am a daughter of the Most High God. And I know that I am alive in this time for signs and wonders. So we've got distraction. We've got diminishing. We have division. Can I just tell you, I am so excited about seeing the healing of the genders, that God is giving strong men and strong women strong positions in the body of Christ, and that the men are not diminishing the women, and the women are not diminishing the men in the body of Christ. Because outside of the body of Christ, we have some huge gender issues. And when you undermine gender, you undermine the image of God, because God made us in his image male and female. And when there is gender confusion, then people start to be, uh, you know, they're like, they're very basic strengths. They don't even know what to do with that. See, I get my gender identity and my God-given identity from God, not through my sexual expression, but through God. And so we need to tell our kids how to get their identity from God because there is an attack of division where everything is the millennials are like, no, the old people are stupid. No, I'm sorry. We're not. We're not. See, so there's a, there's a, a generation that has been inundated with information that is calling evil good and good evil. And we need to be people who understand the word of God and be able to rightly divide that because we need women to be women and we need men to be men. And we don't want to confuse the matter. We don't want to confuse the matter by dishonoring either of these. And so we need to prophesy strength into some of these areas of brokenness. Now my third son had a learning disability. I don't know if any of you have ever had a child that has a learning disability, but my first two sons were just brilliant. My second son graduated summa cum laude, double major. My first, my first son was just brilliant. And then my third son, I'm like, I, I don't know what happened. Maybe I didn't let him crawl enough. Maybe I, I put him like in the swing too much. Maybe I let him watch too much TV. I, I began to panic. The teachers are like, you know, Alexander, he's just not thinking right. And every single week, I got a note, I got a phone call from the school constantly telling me that Alexander wasn't going to make it, that Alexander wasn't smart, that Alexander was going to flunk. And I began to panic about it and, and I began to look at his things and he just had such a hard time staying on task with anything, hard time focusing on anything. And this was like six or seven years. And then all of a sudden I started to think, wait, every single day he goes to school and he hears that he is a failure. I'm not going to reinforce that when he's home. When he is at home, 
I'm going to begin to speak life and truth over him. We began to say things that made absolutely no sense. When he was about 14, 15 years of age, he'd come home from school with failing grades, and we would say, Alexander, we love the way you think. And the other three brothers were like, you've got to be kidding. He, he doesn't think, Mom. That is why he has Ds and Fs. And be like, oh, no, 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 he thinks. He just thinks different. But inside my brain was like, they're right. He doesn't think. He doesn't think at all. But I just kept speaking. Alexander, we love the way you think. You'll probably cure cancer. We love how innovative you are. And somehow those things started to go into his soul, started to go into his heart. And then all of a sudden, even though he was failing, he began to think, I think different. I don't think wrong. I think different. By his junior year in high school, he was getting straight A's. By his senior year in high school, he was the, he was the student body vice president. He was the youngest hire ever in the state of Colorado by Apple. He went from a specialist to an expert to a genius to an acting manager before he was 20. And now he heads up all of our media and creative thing. Why? Because he thinks different. He thinks different. And you know what? When somebody thinks different, you got to speak different. We have a generation that we cannot do normal with. We cannot criticize. We are called to prophesy. This is a generation of heroes. This is a generation of sons and daughters, old and young, visions and dreams. We cannot speak what has been. We must speak what will be because God is pouring out his spirit on all flesh. And it is time that his sons and his daughters, his old and his young, begin to prophesy. So in my closing moments with you, I want to adopt all of you as a Sicilian grandmother. I want you to stand to your feet. I'm going to pray over the mamas, and then I'm going to pray over everyone. Can I do that? I'm going to pretend like I'm your grandmother. Even if you're older than me, we're just going to make it happen. Okay, first and foremost, mamas, look at me. Look at me. Forgive yourself. Stop being hard on yourself. Start enjoying your husband. Start enjoying your children. I discipline my children well, but I have one regret. I wish I would have got down on the floor and played with them more. They don't care about how clean your house is. They care about you being there with them. Sit down, give yourself time, take naps, have sex with your husband. Seriously, take care of yourself. You're not denying yourself when you neglect yourself. You're denying your family. We give you full permission to take care of the moms. And dads, dads, remind them. Remind them of who they are. Remind them that they were your bride first. Remind them that you love them. Stop flexing in the mirror and start flexing in the kitchen. We need you to come alongside them and help them. And single moms, single moms, it's not wrong to ask for help. You don't have to do this alone. You are planted in a house of God where there are some older mamas who would love to help you learn what they had to learn the hard way, the easy way. So go ahead and ask for help. Everybody put your hands up. Heavenly Father, I thank you that South Africa's destiny 
is far greater than our history. So, Father, I thank you that they will see up close what other generations only saw in the distance, that they will speak out loud and with boldness what other generations only dared to whisper. Father, I thank you that they will lay hold of with their hands what other generations only touched in prayer. This is a generation for signs and wonders and miracles. It is not for division and death and destruction. I prophesy that they will go from glory to glory, from strength to strength, that a generation will rise up who will live different, speak different, think different. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Happy Mother's Day. God bless you. Thank you so much for being with us today. If you would like to hear a rebroadcast of the Network Live, visit knelradio.com or find our podcast on iTunes and podbean.com. To follow more news, insights, and stories, follow the Network Live on Facebook. If you would like more information about being a guest on the Network Live, contact us at thenetworklive.org. The Network Live will be back next week at 10 a.m. right here on KNEO Radio 95.3 FM and KNEOradio.com. I'm Debbie Rule. Thank you for listening today.